I gotta tell you, I'm sure enjoying this, man. Putting all my information together makes me feel like a smart guy. So, here we go. Uh, segment number five for season six, episode 14, uh, Spacecraft Research and Development. And this one is, um, yeah, like I said, uh, space, nah, I can't even talk. Spacecraft, um, ah, shit, I can't even say it again. Spacecraft Research and Development. There we go. This segment is just a collection of facts about a few people who made changes into the technological world we live in now. Okay, so this is where I also had a lot of notes. That's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these now, so um, you'll be aware of it. Okay, so in 1839, there was a French artist, Louis Daguerre. He invented the daguerreotype camera. It's a photographic process. You know, and uh, three decades later in 1870, so this was, you know, 1839, now it's 1870, Mount Washington in New Hampshire had the first UFO photographed. It was a cigar shaped object. So, you know, the, so a lot of credit probably has to, has to go to this dude, uh, Louis, Louis Daguerre, D with an apostrophe G A R E. Daguerre, uh, that's how I'm saying it. But anyways, so without this dude, you know, uh, nobody would be taking pictures of UFOs. So, damn, 1839, ah, shit, man, that dude, he, he was probably gifted by another extraterrestrial intelligent life form that told him, hey, man, dude, check this out. Make make this, this is going to be a camera. This is going to be something that's going to really change the course of um, the the advancement of your modern humanoid advancement in society and technology and all this shit. So, but I, I don't really know other than that, that that would be a dude to really find out more information about him. Cause that's all I know for now. That's my only, um, my only reference to him. So it sounds like a really interesting dude to kind of like, um, learn more about. And so then, like I said, three decades later in 1870 at Mount Washington, New Hampshire, uh, the, the first UFO was photographed and it was a cigar shaped object. So, uh, I don't know why it makes it a cigar shaped. I don't know what angle it is. I didn't see this picture, but you know, so that's what they're going with. And then, uh, Charles Fort, he was an American writer and a researcher. He wrote about the UFO sightings and experience in a book titled book of the damned. So, there's a reference for you. If you like reading, check out the Book of the Damned by, uh, what's this dude's name? Charles, Charles Fort. Anyways, uh, and Fortean, it's like Fort, F-O-R-T-E-A-N, Fortean is a term used to describe events that can't be explained by science. Damn, that'd be cool, man. It was named after, like, if I created something that was named after me, I mean, if, uh, if there was an event that couldn't be explained by science and they say, oh, that's a Mateoism, you know, uh, I thought that'd be pretty cool. Anyways, um, during the Second World War, now this is World War II changes a lot of shit, you know, uh, atomic age and all that. Um, uh, during World War, during the Second World War, a lot more uh, events and activities and sightings were rising. And, um, well, I've already talked about that. So in 1948, um, uh, oh yeah. So that is, I think this is the same dude. Uh, I didn't 
and really specify. In 1848, um, Charles Fort maybe worked as a professor at Ohio State University with physics and astronomy, then joined Special Operations, which became Project Blue Book. Now that Project Blue Book, oh man, I, I really want to do a, a uh, episode on or a segment on Project Blue Book, but that's really. Um, but here's the start of it. Uh, then came uh, Book of the Damned. Okay, so so I got my my notes mixed up here. So I guess he started uh, Project Blue Book. Then he wrote Book of the Damned, which he was more known for, because at the time uh, Project Blue Book was uh, classified, highly classified, so nobody was supposed to know about it except for the people that worked on it. And uh, Charles Fort was the was one of the dude that was instrumental in making uh, Project Blue Book. Uh, and, then, um, and then there's this other dude, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, H-Y-N-E-K. Uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek uh, joined what will be, what would become Project Blue Book and investigated uh, aerial phenomenons, uh, close encounters, uh, one, two, three kinds of, um, encounters, uh, encounters of the first kind, I think is just when you see it at a distance, like in the clouds or whatever, in uh, encounters of the second kind might be when it's landed. Um, I'm trying to remember all this. I, I didn't write this down, but, and I think, um, close encounters of the third kind is when you meet the aliens and, uh, close encounters of the fourth kind is when they abduct you and take your ass to outer space. So uh, the other person who was instrumental in all this was uh, Cora Larson. She was a 35-year-old Arizona housewife. Hey, there you go. Shout out to Arizona. And um, she had her first UFO sighting at age nine. I don't know what year that was, but it was. She obviously she couldn't like take a picture of it at the time. I don't think. And she had started ARPO, A-P-R-O, uh, oh, APRO, APRO, ah, I'm getting all fucking dyslexic over here, uh, Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. And then, uh, then she started the world's first publication using wits and a telephone. She collected thousands of unpublished reports from witnesses around the country, so the United States. And uh, showing uh, commonalities. And then as the reputations grew, as did her organization until she died in 1988. And then um, MUFON, uh, was it Mutual Unidentified Flying Object Network was a spinoff of ARPO. Hey, did I spell I spelled that wrong. Okay. Yeah, it is ARPO. A-R-P-O. I spelled it ba backwards earlier. A-P-R-O. Dumbass. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> so um, so that, that lady's name is Cora Larson. So if you want to do some research and find out a little bit more about her, she she did all this shit, man. So, um, and there's only one lady, you know, and she definitely made a change in uh, the way we conduct um things now in modern society and like UFO phenomenon and research and all that shit. So the lady was the first, she was the OG to, to kickstart all of it, you know, to get it going. And then, um, 
Uh, let's see what else. Uh, in 1936, in London, Texas, um, this couple found a coal coalificationized 140 million year old hammer near a creek. So they were the researchers were trying to figure out. Well, so the hammer is now available. I think these two couples are probably dead by now because I was in 1936 and we're now 2023. But, um, that hammer, you know, they did all that carbon dating and all these tests. And that's how they found out it was like 140 million years old. And this guy, he was like, who could be around, who was around 140 million years ago? And, and that's, you know, that that's, that's pretty interesting, man. My, my, my mind plays a lot around with, um, imagination on what could have been happening at that time. And it couldn't have been that spectacular because if they were using a, a hammer, just like the way we use nowadays, then it was probably very simple, you know? And then, um, but 140 million years ago, you know, who was able to make forge, um, this material, I, it could have been, um, metal. I mean, obviously metal, it, it might've been steel, and, um, and it was put together with a piece of, you know, wood. <laughs> so that right there, you know, as very simple as that is, um, 140 years ago, 140 years ago, 140 million years ago, there was really nothing like that. So I, I remember seeing this, I don't know if it was ancient aliens or if it was one of those other shows with like, um, excuse me, what's his name? William Shatner about, uh, the unexplained or Lawrence Fishburne. Um, what was his, his show called? Uh, shit. Well, it was one of these shows, but they were saying that, um, there was a human footprint that was carbon dated. That was, you know, 2 million years old. And what modern science tells us is that mankind's been around for like a hundred thousand years and it was a 200,000 years or something like that. And, you know, for a 2 million year old footprint, human, like a modern day human footprint, you know, it just kind of, uh, just kind of, uh, trips out. Yeah. You know, well, it should trip you out. I'm like, damn, what the hell happened? So then, uh, okay. So then here's some other, uh, facts you might want to know in 1922 in November in Egypt, at the Valley of the Kings, Howard Carter and Lord Carnarvon discover the tomb of King Tutankhamun. And um, the iron daggers that existed when they found it, uh, they were just like, oh, okay, well, you know, iron, whatever. And not only that, but opening King Tutankhamun's uh, tomb um, was, you know was, uh, something that, uh, Navajos wouldn't do, you know, uh, eh, skinwalker probably would, I don't know, but, um, so that's where they, you know, they cursed themselves and they died. But the, um, the, so whoever was, I don't know if it was a university or an archeologist, archeologist, archeological researcher. Um, I don't know if they did like the carbon dating or whatever. And they found out that, that, the daggers and the knives that were buried with King Tutankhamun back in them days, they weren't that advanced enough because it was made out of nickel. Now there's something about nickel. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a chemist, but, um, 
something about nickel where you bend it, it would break real easy. So that knife or that dagger that was made, it was made with nickel. So it would have to be heated up, bent, and then like bang down and, you know, make it, you know, stick together. Then you'd heat it up again and then bend it and then twist, you know, do all that shit and make it into a blade. But the researchers who looked at it, especially uh, the knife experts, they're like, nah, there's, there's, there's no sign that this was made, that this was forged in the way that we do it. And, um, you know, especially if you're going to work with nickel, I guess it breaks apart real easy or something if you hit it. So, and then to melt it, you know, that takes another advanced form of technology to keep that shit from breaking apart. So I was like, Oh shit, I'm learning things here, man. All right, cool. And then, um, the high nickel, uh, nickel content makes it harder to make it basically. Uh, and there was a, a God named Bata. I think it was Bata taught the Egyptians, um, Smith craft and alchemy. So like, you know, mixing chemicals and shit like that. And um, so the other note that I have is in 1974, Transylvania, Romania, workers find the wedge of iode, um, like I-O-I-D-E, wedge of iode. And it was found 30 feet underground, 35 feet underground. So uh, using a Hogan as a unit of measurement again, a little bit higher than a the chimney top to the Hogan. So, um, but anyways, going down, uh, so in 1974, uh, these guys were digging and I don't know what the hell they were either. They were looking for something or they were trying to make like a, uh, I don't know, like a building structure or some shit, but, um, they found that. And then, um, they were saying that the woolly mammoth went extinct about 40,000 years ago. And, um, and during that time, that's where they—that's where this wedge of iode, it was once again, it was tested and it, it was found out about forty thousand years ago. That's when that thing was made, and it was made out of a aluminum alloy. And the thing about that um, is, humans didn't smelt until middle of the nineteenth century. So forty thousand years ago, this wedge of iode was just kind of tripping you know, these researchers out, like damn, what the hell is this? And it, and it was like a, I don't know, it kind of looked like a little rectangle looking thing until this dude, he goes, Hey, I know what that is. He's like, and everybody's like, Oh, well, well, what is it then? You know? And he goes, Oh, that's like a piece of like a landing craft, you know, for when I worked over at NASA, that's what the type of shit we designed. And everybody's like, Oh shit. Oh dude. You know? So anyways, so that was pretty cool. But um, other than that, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the last segment of the night. Because uh, for one thing, I may reach 15 minutes and another, I'm getting tired. So so sit tight, stand by, and uh, let's go jump on to segment number six. Here we go. 